0: So, um, you can turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, We're going to be there. We're going to start there um, today. And um, so, we're a couple weeks in. We're going to be spending the next few months talking about running the race. All right, And it's not an optional race. Everybody is running a race, the race of life. We, we began uh, this race, and it doesn't matter if we decide we're going to be Christians or we're going to not be Christians. We're running a race. Um, as, as Christians, what we decided was we're, our race is going to take us on a narrow path. Amen. All right, and, and that's where we're going to go, um, but wherever you are, Here's what I want you to remember as we study this out is that God is not finished with me and you yet. Okay, it doesn't matter. You may be in a place where you feel like I have messed up. I am, there's no way I could possibly in any way, shape, or form like get back in this race. Yeah. All right, and I just have to tell you, the, I, I read the Bible a lot, and I love the Bible. And there's one thing that is absolutely clear in every single page of the Bible is God is not done with me and you. Amen. All right. He hasn't given up on you. He isn't. He isn't sitting up in heaven, moping and pouting because you haven't got it on perfectly straight. OK, and that's not just me saying that that really if you're if you're like, I don't know if I believe that I would just say, just sit down and read the Bible. That's the message you will get Amen. from reading the Bible. OK. Um, And so I want us to remember that you may be thinking, I have stunk it up this week. I have stunk it up this month, this year, this life. All right. And knowing that, remember, this whole race and we're going to talk about things that that we get to choose. Okay. don't let that fool you into thinking that we're in control of things. Okay. and don't be fooled into thinking that everything that we do isn't about God. Everything we talk about is about God. Everything in life, believe me, God's perspective is, I want them with me in heaven. And there are times that God lets us go off and and we're stubborn, and he's like, go ahead and have it. You think you want it? Go ahead and have it. And, And the point is for us to come to our senses in those moments and go, whoa, what am I doing here? Let me readjust my course. All right, but either way, all right. God is not done. Amen. All right. And, and it really is. Hopefully uh, we're 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 hearing that. OK, as we as we talk about this. So um, Hebrews 12, um, everyone is I think we're all pretty familiar. If you're going back, Hebrews 11 is like, you know, the hall of faith, we call it. I, I, I want to Preface this lesson today by just reminding you that there weren't chapters in the original manuscript of the New Testament or the Old Testament, and I say that because, and it will become clear, I think, in a minute, um, we compartmentalize the Bible so often, and and we know it by its chapter, and sometimes we don't know the story of the Bible, all right, and so that's what I want to start with, and and it's interesting. I mean, this may be confusing to you, but. Um, You're like, what does a swimmer in the water have to do with this? Um, And these are Olympic swimmers. And I want to tell you a little story about um, Speedo, the Speedo swimsuit company. They actually have a a, a lab. It's called the Speedo Aqua Lab. All right. And their number one goal is to create a swimsuit, a racing system actually, that will create essentially no drag or as little drag as possible for the swimmers. They spent up to Rio, up until the Olympics in Rio, they spent four years and 55,000 man hours developing a Speedo racing system. All right. And that racing system had to do with the cap, the goggles, the material, because after the 2012 Olympics, those, those suits that you saw them wear, like the full body suits became illegal. All right. They couldn't wear them. they were big rubber suits that basically just made you swim really, really fast. And so Speedo had to go back. And and they had to figure out how could we get them to run this race, swim this race with essentially as little drag as possible, all right? And that was what they spent the past four years and fifty. Can you imagine that fifty five thousand man hours? Because that's how important it was to shave off a tenth of a second, uh, a, a, a fifty, uh, just the slightest little, where they could swim with the least amount of effort. Wow. The fastest they possibly could it's interesting if you know what that is this is a barnacle okay all right these grow on ships the navy spends 400 million dollars a year removing barnacles off of our ships <laughs> 400 million a barnac- barnacles on a ship hole actually require the ship to use 40 percent more fuel all right. And so you can understand they're developing paint and they're developing products that they can put on a ship that the barnacles won't grow on it. So the ship can go through the water without any drag, without anything like holding it back. And, and if I would have told you and asked you, how much do you think a barnacle would cost our military? I don't know if any of us would have said it's that significant of an issue that we would spend four hundred million dollars removing barnacles. From our fleet of ships, okay? (laughs) What does this have to do with anything as far as running the race? Here in Hebrews 12, 1, we pick up, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, why that's important is because we just talked about Olympic swimming, and how much a one company will invest in a swimsuit to be worn by somebody to win a gold medal, which will ultimately perish. Or how much money, we, the amount of energy and effort that goes into removing barnacles. And here we have something really interesting is the writer of Hebrews says, listen, this race that you're running, there are going to be things, throw off, let's do this. Let's throw off everything that hinders us okay now here's what i want us to do i want us to dig like just a tad bit deeper than usual on this okay because there's a traditional way we we've, re- we've read this in the past the traditional way is we're running a race like you picture in your mind okay i'm on this race whether i'm running it quickly or slowly or whatever and we picture like a hindrance of some sort we think, okay, I've got to throw that off. And traditionally, what we say that hindrance is, is uh, are, are things like, you know, unresolved conflict. Like, if we, we know that that hindrance, right? We think, man, there's unresolved conflict. That's going to slow me down. Or we think, you know what? What hinders me is binging on Netflix. Hinders. That's a little more superficial, but you may go, I've got to throw that off. And traditionally, we've been like, yeah, that's really great. You're, you're on the right track. And we've thought of different ways, and we're going, what, what's a hindrance? And a hindrance can be, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm staying up late to watch the game. That was a hindrance. I should have thrown that off and all of these things. And, and th- that's a great effort. I mean, A-plus for our effort on that, okay? Except what I want us to do is dig a little deeper because, it's not the context that that was written in. Yeah. Amen. Okay. We're close, though. It's not like we're going to reinvent the wheel here, okay? I mean, we are close, but it's really fascinating because this particular section of Scripture, Hebrews, from, from Hebrews 12, 3, all the way back to Hebrews 10, verse 37, is one line of thought by the Hebrew writer. right. He started at the end of Hebrews and he started a line of thinking and he actually quoted a book in the Old Testament. And that's what started it to get us here where we are. Okay, And so what's important to remember is we want to keep in mind there actually was somebody writing this book one day. And it wasn't like he was mindlessly just, you know, putting words down that he had no idea what he was writing is that the Holy Spirit was was working through him, and, and and as he wrote this, he he referenced a section of the Old Testament, and I want us to turn back there, okay, I want us to look at where he started, um, Habakkuk chapter 2, okay, so go on and find Habakkuk right there, and you're going, oh my gosh, I, you know, you don't let the person next to you see you struggle with this, right, because we all have to look like we perfectly know how to handle this Bible, right? It is in there. It's on page 717. (laughs) Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And you know what? You know what me and you can love about Habakkuk? There's something about this, guys. Number one, now you know how to say his name. All right. So, So you don't just kind of breeze through it. Now you know this is in the Bible. Number two. But here's what I think me and you can appreciate about Habakkuk. He starts out writing as a prophet, and he's upset. And you all know what he's upset about? He's upset that God is not punishing the bad people and giving great things to the good people. Have you ever felt that way before? Like, why is this happening to me? Like, Patrick's going, what? Can't you fi- God, can, can't you find someone who is, like, torturing animals out there? And give them my problems. Like, I'm trying to be a good guy. How come this is happening to me, okay? Habakkuk is really questioning. He's like, hold on a minute. I see the righteous and they're suffering. And I see the, the, the unrighteous and they're flourishing. Why? Why is this, okay? And I want you to just keep this in mind as the Hebrew writer plucked this right out of Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, and we'll start in verse 2, actually, here, okay, in the book of Habakkuk. The Lord answers Habakkuk here. And he says, write down this revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So the writer Habakkuk here, the Lord is telling him like, hey, slow down a minute, okay? It's like just, it." what I'm telling you will come true. Like there will be this reckoning. All right. But you have to slow down a minute here. Okay. I mean, it might linger, but wait for it. All right. This is going to happen. And then in verse four, he says, see the unrighteous one is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. All right. And the Hebrew writer plucked that right out and he put it in Hebrews 10 verse 37 okay he plopped it right into that section and it's interesting because he writes this section the Hebrew writer's like yeah okay Habakkuk 2 and you got to know he's going back and he's reading through this and he's going oh man yeah this is it right here now something's going to trip you up and I want to just I I, want to like head it off at the pass okay you're going to look in Hebrews, and you're going to to say, he misquoted Habakkuk. That doesn't say the same thing as Habakkuk chapter 2. What's wrong? Is my Bible wrong? Okay, this is a little tidbit of information. You can just kind of like put it in your notes and leave it off to the side. In the New Testament, when the Old Testament is quoted, he uses a source called the Septuagint, which is, the Hebrew Old Testament that's been translated into Greek, okay? And then they use the Greek version, okay? Our Old Testaments are from the Hebrew manuscripts, okay? So there's a little, there, it's different wording, okay? But just go, okay, whew, man, I, it, sometimes it will scare you a little bit, okay? But you can do that if the New Testament, kind of check it out. But that's just something so you know, so you don't leave here, <laughs> and you're like, Keith totally lied to us. It doesn't say that in there. okay? Um, but the thing. So anyway, that's just kind of, you know, put that where you need to put it for right now. But what I want you to keep in mind is head over to Hebrews if you haven't already. And so he's writing this. And in verse thirty nine, he says, uh, but we aren't those who shrink back but those who believe and are saved. And then he gets right into Hebrews chapter 11. And remember, there's no chapter number there. All right, it's not like the writer stopped and he's like, let me take a break right now. Let me go get, get a bite to eat and I'll come back and write chapter 11 later. He's like, no, heck no, man. I mean, I'm like in it. Like I'm, I've got Habakkuk on the brain right here. I'm writing this. The righteous will live by faith. The unrighteous are puffed up. In fact, he uses the term in Habakkuk. It's a Hebrew idiom. Not a Hebrew idiot, okay? It's a Hebrew idiom um, that the puffed up one is actually like something along the lines of he, he's a swollen man. Like big headed, like is prideful, like the unrighteous one is a swollen man. All right? Um, and so anyway, uh, back to this here in Hebrews 11. And he, and, he, and he develops this entire, all of chapter 11 into what it means to live by faith faith so he's developing that Habakkuk 2 section right the righteous will live by faith he develops it he illustrates it he shows us what that looks like all the way through chapter 11 and then he hits 12 which again isn't a real chapter number and he says therefore he's on a roll right now he's like hey all of what I just said since I just wrote what I wrote since Habakkuk since I just illustrated for you what it means the righteous to live by faith. And since we're surrounded by a great cloud of not witnesses, but martyrs, he actually says, since we are surrounded by people who have died for this, let's throw off everything. You want to know what the word is right here? You want to know what the word for hindrance is? Throw off everything that gets you swole up. That's the word, a swelling. It's not like carrying baggage. It's like, no, it's like, puffed up throw off everything that gets you puffed up see that's different isn't it it's a little bit different than like oh i've got this baggage i've got to throw off it's like he's going hold up a minute and if we knew how to read hebrew we knew how to read greek we would read through this and when we saw that word hinder after habakkuk 2 was was brought up and we went back and read through Habakkuk 2 and we're like oh my goodness he just illustrated faith and he said the unrighteous person is all puffed up and swollen and he's telling us to run this race throw off what makes you swollen throw off what gets you swole up here okay throw off what what gives us a big head and and it's all prideful and all of these things and so what would be fun is is if we read it that way that would totally like right now you're going I don't know if that's such a big deal. I mean, that's kind of cute and everything that it's like that. Believe me, if we were reading and got rid of the chapters, that would have fired us up, man. That was a beautiful transition that the Hebrew writer just brought us through. But he does remind us. Now, Now, hold on a minute. It's not theoretically figure out what puffs you up Yeah. and puffs me up. It's not the theoretical. He actually says, no, 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 throw it off. Like throw that off. Off, And so we've got to think, I mean, the, the writer is encouraging me and you to do something here. Okay, remember, this letter would have been written. What would your response be if all we did was read this letter? Okay, because the reason why I asked that is because sometimes when we're in the setting of church. Um, we want like, Keith, will you spell out every instance of how I can do this so then I can think about doing it. But, but to the original guys, they would have just heard it. They're, it wouldn't have necessarily been expounded upon. It would have been like here laid in our lap, clearly commanded that if you want to run this race, you know, you think about the swimmer. Can you think of a bloated swimmer? Swole up. Okay, and you think, and you're going, I'm a hard time picturing that. Picture a, a, a allergic reaction. If you've ever seen, have you ever seen Hitch before? Okay, you know how he gets all swollen, you know, and he's drinking the Benadryl and all that kind of stuff. You're like, listen, I want you to picture, they're saying, whatever caused that junk, throw it off. The, throw off what is causing you to get all swollen and big and, because when we're running the race, Man, this is creating drag. Yeah. Life is hard with these things. He's saying, throw it off because it's taking too much fuel. It's too much energy. It's too hard. Life is too difficult when we're allowing these these parts of us to get all puffed up and, and prideful and egocentric and all that kind of stuff. And he's saying, no, no, to run the race, because here's the thing. Have you ever watched somebody run who's a really good runner, like a distance runner, and they look like they're just effortless? Have you ever seen that person on the side of the road? I mean, we've seen plenty of people, and if you have seen me run? It's like lumbering, like, ah, you know. But you've seen people, and you're like, I would love that. He looks like he's having fun running. Like, it's effortless. Like, he's just, woo! You know, that's what we're talking about running the race here is this idea of just like, oh, man, this is so good, right? Because, because all of that that has inflated me and all of that drag, we're throwing it off, okay? And so th- that's the question. We've got to think, okay, wow, am I, what, what is my response to this? If we just read it, what would you do with it? Because I think sometimes we we'll go, wow, this is, such a, this is such a hard subject to think about. You, you want me to think about this on my own? All right? And absolutely, I mean, we've got to, there's no way we we're going to be able to run this race if we aren't taking this away from our Sunday morning, like, false environment we have in here, okay? And take this with us. But I do want to talk about a few things that are probably common to a lot of us, okay? That tend to swell up our ego, okay? Mm-hmm. Things that I would really encourage us to consider throwing off. And it may not be yours. You may sit here and go, oh, he's talking about that, but that's not mine, and that's okay. All right? But there's one thing, first and foremost, huge, 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 okay? And it's, it's making its way through our society, and we aren't thinking about it and this is going to make you angry just a little bit, okay? And, and it really is this, and you're going to go, Keith, you're just an old guy saying this. You're a dude that didn't have the internet until you were out of college. You're a guy that doesn't get this. You're, you're not part of, you don't know, and, and that's fine. I'll take a heap on the, the you know, uh, all of the abuse, okay? But after you do that, I want you to consider this, all right? Social media is puffing us up. I, it, I'm just saying, you may go, Keith, you the stupidest guy in the world, out, and you're, okay, that's all right, attack me, but I still want you to go home, and I want you to think, wow, because every aspect, for the most part, of social media is about us, like, getting something back in return that's, that's making us egocentric, Okay. And, 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 I think it's one of those things where we think, but it's such a minor thing. Like, so what that I'm worried about how many likes I get? So what if I worry about how many people like, you know, like my picture on Instagram? So what, what's the big deal? And what the big deal is, here's what I'm telling you. The big deal is, is you're running a race. That's like, a, you got tons of barnacles on you. All right. It's like, you're running, you're trying to swim with a big old, like hair suit on just drag. It's just, it's tiring. Okay, it's just it's wearing you out. And here's the thing: is is I think a lot of us are worn out with life, and we never once consider abandoning social media. Okay, that's all I'm saying about that. That's it. I want you to think about it because I know that there's people that are on there and they're okay and they're healthy and it's not a sin. I know that those people exist, and you may be one of them. All right, but I am asking you to be honest about this. I wonder why there aren't more Christians. that aren't going, I'm off of that, all right? It it just seems beyond me. But anyway, I want you to think about that. Here's the other one, okay? I'm just going to, let me just, I'm going to open up my mind and heart to you for you to see what's going on in me. And maybe it's like the same for you, okay? So I have a dual thing going on inside of me. I am really insecure and really proud at the same time. Okay, have you ever, like, you're going, you're, that's dumb. Okay, uh, you're still fixated on social media. You're like, of course you're ignorant. Okay, this is your problem. This is me on the inside, is Keith that's really, really, really insecure. And Keith that's really, really, really proud. There's the Keith inside of me that I think of as the smartest, the greatest, the best looking, that, you know, all of these things. Don't laugh at me, Wiznid. <laughs> okay I'm not kidding you I'm being vulnerable here man I tell myself stories you know and and good ones too by the way I'm like man Keith you know I'm just I there's things I won't even tell you it'll make you uncomfortable okay Uh, about how great I think of myself and my talents and my ability and then there's the other side of me that's like oh my gosh, I am like, a, for sure, right now, I have a hair sticking out of my nose, it's really embarrassing, and, and, and when I talk, I, I have this really weird sound, and people are making fun of me, and right now, Ben is looking at me, and he's gonna totally, yeah. and, and there's this insecure, like, oh gosh, can people see that my belly's like sticking out a little further than my chest, and I've been working on my chest, I'm telling you, in the gym, like, I go in the gym, I'm like, is it, is it, I need the drop-off right here, okay? I'm just telling you what I'm thinking, okay? This is what it is. And so when I go into, I tell you all of that, not just to make you feel really weird about watching me preach now, okay? I tell you all of that because every social situation, all right, it, that comes into play, all right? And there's a side of it of where I think, okay, I have got to in every way overcome all the hurdles of my insecurities so uh, sometimes i'm awkwardly funny and i don't like that i just want to be funnier than everyone else okay so i've got to like i've got to kill it on every joke in in social in the social realm of my life okay but at the same time i feel like i have a reputation for knowing the bible and handling the bible well so i better know every answer to the bible like every answer all right and, and so much of that, what ends up happening is, is I'm protecting my reputation or building, like trying to overcome my insecurity, right? And that literally is what this word hindrance is about. Like throw that off, right? Throw off, like in my mind, what I have to do every day in every social situation and every quiet time is remember, go, okay, hey, Keith, here's the deal. All of the things you're insecure about, You're not that bad, okay? You're probably worse, all right? Just be, okay, embrace that. We call it hugging the monster, okay? Just hug that thing, okay? And everything that you think you're really great about, you don't know what? That's okay to be good at things and be a Christian, all right? Sometimes I think we think humility is more about being ignorant and apathetic or ignorant and, like, like what we love and we would say somebody's humble if they say they don't know all the time. Like, oh, I, I don't know the answer to that. Like, he's so humble. I say, no, dude, you probably are ignorant, okay? I mean, you, you can know something. That doesn't mean you're prideful, all right? It's okay to have a strength. It's okay. Humility is having a right view of ourselves in comparison to God, like a right view of going, man, God, I'm, I'm, I feel like I do handle the Bible pretty well. But you know what? When I'm about, like, taking care of just my reputation and not throwing that off, you don't know what I have a hard time doing? Saying, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer to some things. And it's okay. But, but when, I'm, when I'm hindered, when I'm, like, when, that, when I'm all swollen up, I'm like, no, I am going to go for it. And everybody's got it. And it is so hard to live life that way. Yeah. Where, where it's just like this pride and insecurity. And I'm overcoming the insecurity. And I'm trying to, to, to hold up what I'm proud of. Right? Do you know how tiring that is? Yeah. I get tired doing that. And I get very faithless doing that. And you know what makes me feel really good is when I do throw it off. You know what happens to my life is I feel so much happier. Amen. I feel so much like I can just, whoo, man, it's, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's okay to not know. It's okay to know if you do. It's okay to not be the number one guy. It's okay to not be, you know, whatever. It's just okay being me. And that feels so, I feel at that point like I'm just light. Like I can just go through, I'm running the race and things can come and I'm like, whew, this is nice this way, okay? And I want you to think about what's that thing for you that it's like you may wake up every morning and you are like, people, I cannot handle it if people don't think I look good, look a certain way, smell a certain way, you know, whatever it is, and, and we've got it. Now the smelling part, put deodorant on, okay? It's okay, <laughs> don't throw that off, throw that on, okay? I'm just saying. But it's that idea of of what is that for you? I mean, for me, it's that for you. It may be position like just a professional position that puffs you up and you go, man, because I have this professional position at my work or at my school or whatever. That's what makes me feel awesome. And that makes what makes me feel like I'm something. And all of my time and energy and effort has to go into keeping that going. All right, throw that off. Okay, that doesn't mean quit your job, but that means get a right view of your job. You're like, hey Keith, we all quit our jobs, bro. (laughs) That's great. All right, but but here's the thing. This is here. Here's why this is so hard, because this stuff inside of us, okay, this this egocentrism, we are we are built to protect that. Yeah. Like, we will fight against that part of us dying. We will get angry when that part of us gets, gets like, the light shone on it. We will get unnecessarily emotional and angry, all right? And know, at that point, we're doing the right thing. When I'm just like, whoa, that really ticks me off. Why are you talking about that? Um, or maybe we don't talk about it at all. You just know, like, you've already got something in your head that's making you angry, and, and it could be, I mean, here's the thing is, is, is nothing's hard. You know what, man, for our middle school kids, this is so hard. This really, really is hard. This is where hopefully we remember, you know, it, this is such a good illustration because I don't think any of us think we should just come down hard on the middle school kids. And if they don't get this like immediately, because we all know what it's like to be a middle school. All right. And here's the comforting thing. God knows what it's like to be us. All right? And so if you're feeling the pressure of like, gosh, if God hates me until I get this, you're like, man, chill out a second, okay? But let's work on this, okay? It is hard for middle schoolers. It's hard for, for middle-agers, yes. okay? <laughs> this is hard stuff right here, and, and we want to protect it, okay? Th- this goes into even relationship. I, so often we think, man, okay, if I could find somebody to date... Man, uh, goodness gracious! And then, and then, when we get married, that's what will fulfill me. And it I just won't. Marriage is fantastic. It's not meant for that. There isn't someone out there to take the place of Jesus. There isn't someone, and it, and there, it just won't happen. You won't. It uh, listen. The the TV shows and the movies, the Nicholas Sparks movies, don't exist in real life. OK, they really don't. It doesn't matter how many Oprah interviews you watch. OK. And it's that idea. If if that's you, you may be thinking, OK, but if I just find that person and here's what I'm saying is throw that off. Right. Throw that off because the person who will be right for you will remind you that they can't be the one for you. Amen. They'll remind you that no, no, I can't be that for you. Like, unless you are going after God and you're throwing off all that hinders you, we can't even have a relationship together, okay? That's the person. At that point, you can go, wow, look, I need to start thinking about this person. I mean, they've got, a real, they've got it on straight right there. So what do you need to throw off? I don't know what's hindering you. Maybe it is that. Maybe it is position. Maybe it is protecting your reputation. Maybe it's just like, you know, remember in Habakkuk 2, he said the puffed-up ones, their desires were unrighteous, Okay? And so Ian talked about this last week, and I really encourage you, if you didn't hear the sermon last week, go back and listen to it. It's phenomenal. And one of the things that Ian said was, you know, Ian isn't an engineer who's just trying to be a Christian during his life, you know, and just trying to do Christian things. Ian is a disciple who happens to work as an engineer, right? And sometimes we think our desires are, I want to do all of these things in my life, and I'll try to be a Christian. Instead of realizing that if you are a disciple, you are leading the ministry wherever you are. At your office, in your dorm, in your classroom. Like God is saying, you're my man, you're my girl in that ministry. You're leading that ministry. Now minister the way I would minister. But if our desires are and we see school as, but this is going to get me a great job. And then I can go on and conquer the world one day and make all of this money and all those kind of things. That's the puffed up ones. All right. There was a story of a, a, a college professor, and he had this student in his class, and the student was head and shoulders smarter than any other student he had ever taught. And he asked the student, he said, when you graduate, what are you going to do? And the student said, you know, I'm kind of thinking about that. And the teacher said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to law school. I want you to go get a high-powered job. And, I, and, I, and this was at a Christian university. And I want you to change the world from your high-powered position." And the kid said, actually, what I'm considering doing is going to, um, I forget, Costa Rica or something and picking vegetables and fruit, actually, like with people, like going down there and working a manual job, like just doing that. And he's like, what a waste that is. And he said, no, 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 I can't live that life. I I can't have positional authority. I can't have position authority. And make a difference in the world. I need to uh, throw that off and go and pick vegetables with people, and that's how the world's gonna change. All right? That's throwing off what hinders. All right? And I think sometimes as Christians, we feel like, man, if you could become president of the United States, then you'll make a difference. And we're like, no, when we start washing feet, then we'll make a difference. Okay, you see the difference? One is a, this desire of, and another one is, it's like, no, you want to know what? Let me throw off what, let me become a servant, Amen. all right? Because sometimes what hinders us are those desires that are making something out of us yeah. instead Amen. of out of God, right? Um, and then the other thing what we have to throw off is, let's throw off the imaginary audience. How about that? <laughs> do you have that in your life? Do you have the imaginary audience that's always watching what you do and 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 always like Probably, like, fairly positive about what we're doing, but we're performing for the imaginary audience, okay? For the middle school, middle school students, they think that actually exists, like, everybody is watching what I'm doing, okay? And, and the truth is, there are a couple of creepy people that are watching you, okay? <laughs> Take notice and stay away from them, all right? But for the most part, everybody is not worried about what everyone else is doing, Okay? Let's do that. How about we throw off the imaginary audience and just live, okay? How about we do that, you know? And so let's, let, let's, let's think about these things. We can put something on. Here's a few things I just want you to think about. We're talking about throwing things off, but how can we put some things on, right? And this is the thing is, is I love in Matthew 6 when Jesus tells the story of the birds, you know? And he tells, he says, y'all don't worry about anything. I'm like, seriously, man? I mean, the gall of Jesus, like, don't worry. And then he says, but look at the birds. God gives them everything they need. They don't worry about anything. And God takes care of them. And that's what we need to put on is we've got to get back and reconnected to God provides everything we need. Everything like I'm talking about how you breathe. I'm talking about the air we breathe. I'm talking about just where we live. I'm talking about tra- everything. Getting our minds wrapped around this idea of God is providing everything. Don't worry. L- look around, but we've got to put that on. Yeah. Where we're going, God, you are providing. You provided my foot to put down on this ground. You you invented concrete that I could put my foot on. You made concrete so I didn't sink through it after it was dried up, and that's really great. And we don't even think, God, thank you for gravity. God, I'm so thankful that, 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 that at some point the water stopped coming up the beach line, and God was like, stop right there, okay? Because then we don't have to worry, okay, outside of a hurricane, yeah. that water coming up further, okay? But just glance around and go, wow, God, thank you for making things so you, you give us clothes to cover us. You give us, we've got to get back to that, Amen. all right? If, if you want to get reconnected, Matthew 6 is really, that's the place to go, okay? Let's get just crazy about striving for acceptance from God over people. Like really saying that to ourselves, like, okay, what's going to make God happy right now? What will make God, what will just put a smile on God's face right now? Like, how could I, you know, answer this question? How could I make this decision? How could I live my life that God would be like, wow, that's so awesome what they're doing down there. And believe me, it's not like, let me go and change the economic status of a third world country. Okay, it's the idea of how can I love? You want to know what God tells us? Love people like communicate that. Believe in your brothers and sisters. Inspire one another. All right. He says that's how the world will know that you're my disciples for your love for one another. But but it has to be expressed. And can you imagine? I mean, God, who Jesus prayed for this going, I love that. Look at them down there loving people. And don't put a caveat on that. Don't be like, yeah, well, loving people means telling them the truth and being really serious about it. I'm like, I get all that. All right? But I'm like, please, okay? It just can't be about serious talks. It really has got to be like, I love you and you love me, Barney style right there, okay? I mean, it's got to be that way. Like, really, I want to please God more than I want to please any human being on this planet. Okay, and really strive for that. Galatians 1, Paul actually says this in verse 10. He says, if I was trying to please man, I couldn't please God. And then let's be, here's the thing for me, is remembering to be a lifelong learner. Like every person I come in contact with knows something I don't know. Bill Nye the science guy said that. So it's got to be way righter than what I would say. <laughs> How you like that program? You just learned a new way to say right. <laughs> Everyone we meet, and you want to know what is so interesting is if I interact with everybody from a standpoint of I have to know more than you, I can't learn from you. Yeah. And you want to know what's funny is, is Jesus could have called his followers all kinds of different things, but he called them disciples, students, right? The implication is that we are learners. So that's the question is, what have you learned so far today? What have you learned just in the fellowship? What have you learned from people? Or has it been like this competitive thing of trying to make ourselves look a certain way, be a certain way, and and like totally just like have this big old like swollenness, right? Instead of throwing off the hindrances, can you how can you learn from the person sitting right next to you? What have you learned from your landlord? What have you learned from your teacher? What have you learned from your brother, sister, father, mother? What lifelong learners puts us in a place where I've got to deflate a little bit? I've got to throw off what hinders me and go, you know what? I can learn from everyone. Uh, Sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, you ever learn from a little child? I mean, Jesus made that clear, right? He's like, hey, y'all can learn here. Let's do that, okay? I think... John the Baptist, man, he got this. You want to talk about a guy that could run the race unhindered? Amen. It's John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist got this, okay? And one of my favorite things he said that we're going to close out with is John 3, verse 30. He's, he tells a story about a bridegroom and, and, and the best man. He said, nothing makes me happier than to hear the bridegroom's voice. That's an unhindered man right there. That is an un, that, that's, that's a guy going, I'm not happy with my voice. I'm not happy with other people's voice. When I hear, the, when I hear that guy, I, that's what makes me happy. All right. But then he says this, sums it all up, the, the, the really the quote of the unhindered right here. He must become greater, I must become less. He must become greater, I must become less. Because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders, that gets us all swole up, all right, let's go after that, but help one another do it as well. Let's close it out, but let's pray before we do that.